0: Hi all! Welcome to the show, Tea Time. It's your host, Adila. During each episode of this podcast, I get the privilege to chat with inspiring and creative women from underrepresented backgrounds. I hope that you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy creating each episode for you. Hi. Um. Welcome you, to episode two. Uh, my name is Adila. Um, and today we have Amalina Anwar with us. Hi, dude. Hi.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, and I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about um, the fashion and arts industry in KL. Um, you know, you've been working for four years now um, in that industry. And as somebody with so much knowledge and experience, um, it really is a privilege to have you chat with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, you know, discussing more things with you about everything fashion. So if you want to ask me anything, I'm an open book. Let's do
0: this. Yeah. Um, prior to returning home to KL, you studied yes. and worked in SF, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and you graduated with a degree in fashion journalism. How much did that course help you in manifesting your career today?
1: So, I mean, uh, before I moved to San Francisco, I did a mass communication course in Taylor's. So that was how I found my love for journalism. And then once I moved to San Francisco that's when I was more focused on fashion journalism and honestly it did help me a lot in terms of like explaining things better about the fashion industry learning about the business side the fashion side the designing aspects learning about the different type of fabrics the different terms and basically learning about the life of various designers um it it really did help me to write better in terms of like finding the flow but I guess like um, one thing about being, being in that course, I mean for fashion journalism, they didn't really teach you on how to write properly. It was more about, they give you, they let you be creative. So it was more about correcting us in terms of like facts. But when it comes to writing, I had the freedom. I could write in whatever voice and whatever I want to write about. So I guess they really did help me into finding my own voice today. Um, as
0: a fashion writer yeah that that's amazing. Um, do you have any specific designers, whether be it you know local or international, that you are inspired by?
1: I really love the row.
0: Oh my gosh, I, I love your <laughs> stuff, but why is this so expensive? <laughs>
1: it is i don't know why i can just look and i'll just you know i'll just window shop and just look i, online, but I don't think i can ever buy one uh, uh, but yeah i like the row i like uh tv i think i think I got that right yeah tv tv yes tv and i've always liked valentino just because i mean if i were to dress like a girly girl and a very sophisticated lady i would love to see myself in valentino
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that, that's me but yeah i guess like tb um the row and valentino and i love bottega as well yeah and yeah that, those are like my top four
0: cute um and so sorry just to go back to the the, the question about your time in SF, um, you worked at companies such as, you know, Lights Down Low, um, and then you also worked at Oak and Fort, and then you worked at SF Station. Yes. Those are all different um, businesses, right? Because Lights yes. Down Low is an entertainment company, F- Oak and Fort is fashion retail, and then SF Station is an online lifestyle city guide. Yes. Um and you also worked for all these companies in various capacities you know what were some of the most important lessons that you learned um from those experiences
1: so definitely like working in lights down low was more about finding my love for music and because i love music so that was how i loved writing about music as well and with SF station it was more catered towards my love for lifestyle and entertainment. So it was more about learning about your city. So since I was living in SF, I had to write and learn way more stuff about SF. And I guess that shifted to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Where I'm working for a lifestyle and fashion magazine and beauty uh, called Lifestyle Asia. So I guess it was it's kind of the same. It's more about you know a city guide sort of thing. Yeah. And with Oak and Fort, it was my very first retail job that I got into because I wanted to learn more about the fashion industry. And you know they always they've always said that if you want to learn more about fashion, you need to at least work in retail just to understand better. So I guess for me it was more about styling so i wasn't only selling products i was also styling people and i had customers coming back regular customers coming mm-hmm. back and you know they would look for me and then they'd be like oh what's new you know style me for this event and blah, oh my blah, god so. that's
0: like that that must be so what's it called um like validating right to have people come back to you and be like can you style me
1: yeah, it was, honest. honestly, it was very rewarding, because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to get into styling at the time, because I was like, uh, maybe I just want to focus on writing, but then when I came back, I'm like, okay, it's actually not so bad, and I'm, you know, I'm actually not so bad at it either, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, I guess working at Oakley Park was, like, finding my love for styling. That's yeah.
0: good, yeah. Um, yeah. Those are all just amazing experiences. I mean, I think anyone would love to have even a bit of what you've experienced and what you've learned. Um, you're such an asset to where you are right now. I hope you know that. <laughs> I, I,
1: I hope so. Thank
0: you for saying that. I'm shy now. <laughs> no. Um, okay, what was that transition like from SF to KL? I mean, if it were me, I would have like a mm. massive culture shock. I mean, I have delayed that transition back home for quite some time now. I know how you feel. Any tips and advice would be great.
1: Well, I guess it would just be prepared because, you know, living abroad and coming back here is just different. Um, I guess in terms of the way you live, the people you meet, the culture is different, especially, you know, and over there... I guess, you know, I mean, people, you know, people judge you, I guess. And people judge everywhere. But I think over there people are more open-minded. Yeah. So just be prepared to come back and, you know, just be open-minded, just be prepared and just keep in mind that, you know, work culture especially is very different. Um, you know, people over there kind of prioritize, they have a good balance,
0: I guess. <laughs> um, okay. And I'm just going to stop recording there.
1: I guess you could say that. They have a good balance. But over here, they prioritize work way more. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of guilty at that as well. Because (laughs) I sometimes tend to work really late at night. And it kind of sucks. Because over there, the work culture is different. (coughs) Like My bosses would be like, okay, 5 o'clock, you know? You just got to go, you know? Go have happy hour. Go have fun. And just make sure you do your work. That kind of thing. But over here, it's like... Yeah, you just, it's just work, 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 work,
0: work. (laughs) Well, that sounds exhausting. Um, But you give us a really good opportunity to segue to the next set of questions I want to ask, which is about your career. Yes. Um, You previously worked at Female Magazine, and now you are a senior writer at Lifestyle Asia, as you just had mentioned. Um, And you're also a freelance fashion stylist and writer. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you broke into the scene?
1: Oh, so basically how I got my job at Female Magazine was, honestly, I was pretty lucky because I got this job four months after I moved back and it was very different um, because I had to shift my... I guess my attitude and my writing style in a way because you know when you work for a magazine you need to follow their style. Yeah. So it was tough, it was very tough obviously. I had a pretty rough time trying to shift that attitude and I guess my writing style. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, but you know being in female magazine it helped me um, network better in the fashion industry because I came here, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone in the fashion industry. Yeah. So I was pretty grateful for that. And uh, because of that, I actually network with a lot of people in the fashion industry Like in terms of like getting my name out there as a stylist, as a writer. I actually, when I was freelancing, I wrote some articles for a brand. I wrote, I did copywriting for an e-commerce website. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then right now, I'm a senior writer at Lifestyle Asia where I focus on fashion 100%. And I also do lifestyle, so like food and more of a city guide thing. So, I guess it's more about, like, I think it's more about connections.
0: Yeah. And Um, just trying to network as as best as possible and get to know the people who are in the team that you want to work with, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, That's really good advice. Um, Yeah. I would love to go to one of these fashion shows if i could ever get a ticket (laughs) to all the designers out there please shoot me some tickets
1: (laughs) please bring us into your fashion show please (laughs)
0: um what advice do you have for other people and aspiring um young stylists who want to get their foot in the door aside from networking Mm.
1: Uh, I'd definitely say, like, do test shoots. So, test shoots, like, um, just uh, create your own shoots at home. Curate with your friends, you know, like, if they're photographers. um, Just work with your friends. Make a work account. Create a massive project or a little project. Post it up. um, Tag people. Get the word out there. And just promote it on Instagram. But I would definitely say... Um, test it out with your friends, have fun and promote it on Instagram I think that's the only way to get your word out these days, especially for stylists because that's how I find for things Mm -hmm. and Instagram is actually your platform to show off your portfolio so it's definitely good to start by promoting your stuff on Instagram
0: okay, cool, and on that note you do have your own separate Instagram for your styling work, right?
1: Yes, it's called Visuals by Amalina, so, you know, hit the follow button.
0: Already did, but I will ask everybody who's going to listen to this to absolutely do the same. Yes. Um, so, Female Magazine and Lifestyle Asia are quite different. You know, female being print and Lifestyle Asia being online. Um, what's the difference like for a writer to, or, yeah, like, how, how different is it working? in female versus working in Latin Asia like what are the different expectations and um yeah
1: yeah so working for print uh, it's very different because you write maybe 12 stories a month and sometimes you have to work on these issues three months before the release day mm-hmm. so say if right now is march we'll be actually working on july issue if i got that right maybe June, June issue. So we always have to work a few months ahead. So I guess in terms of writing, it's pretty chill because you just, you know, you have to focus on your shoots and your writing for a whole month. Yeah. But when you're a digital writer, you'll have to write every single day. It can be, so basically it's like one article per day, but sometimes you have to write two articles or even three
0: articles per day. And coming from, you know, someone who's from
1: print, it was a very hard transition as a writer to just kind of get used to it um but yeah that's you know that's just the reality these days you know writing for digital you just have to be fast you have to be quick you have to be interesting you have to make sure that it's so interesting that people want to click on your link to try to get a word out so it was a pretty hard um shift
0: because especially for prints that like, you know you write these things and you just hope that people are going to pick
1: up a magazine and read but this is more about getting a higher reach and creating better traffic so that was pretty it was hard but i hope i got the hang of it i think i got the hang of it now so
0: that's amazing yeah, i mean that's, that's also yeah. incredibly stressful props to you for being so good at what you do <laughs> hey. I um, what advice do you have for other young people and aspiring stylists to, who, who want to get their foot in the door? Um, you're four years into your career now in KL, so you kind of have a pretty good understanding as to what those beginning experiences um, and are, are like and, and, and how to kind of get your foot in the door. So what advice do you have?
1: Well, when it comes to styling, um, I would advise people to just do test shoots on your friends. So, like, you know, come up with a little fun project where you style your friends, post it up on Instagram, create a work profile, um, totally separate from your private Instagram. Um, I think that's important because, you know, when you involve your friends and you tag your friends, that's more about networking. Yeah. Yeah, and also try and get involved more. Go out, um, see if there's any fashion events, art events, and try to just, you know, talk to people. I was actually pretty lucky because of my job in Female Magazine, I got to network there. So I got to meet a lot of people, and in terms of, you know, fashion clients and everything. But for those who are about to start, it would be great to just create a work profile on your own, mm-hmm. get involved. Um, Yeah, style your friends, style your family, post it up, be proud of it, and just promote the heck out of yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those are some really great words of advice, and I'm sure that if anybody's listening and who wants to get their foot in the door would really appreciate that. Um, You know, when we had our pre-recording or this, like, a pre-chat a couple days ago, um, I mentioned to you how I really want to talk about, like, the changing beauty standards um, and norms in Malaysia, in in KL specifically. Um, And as an outsider, you know, I have to recognize that I'm an outsider. I'm not in the industry. I don't really know anybody that well who is in the industry in KL. But I still see that a lot of like fashion um, and beauty, whether it be magazines or runway shows, Um, or brands still hold on to some very harmful beauty standards and norms so for example many models are still very light-skinned or like white passing Um, also a lot of models are quite you know like tall skinny very size zero kind of uh, look that I still see Um, you know no one really looks like me to be fair you know I'm 5'1 I'm you know like what size 10 12 UK um, and i'm okay with that i'm 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 happy with it and it took a long time for me to accept who i am right so yeah. it is but it is still difficult for me to see beautiful clothes and so much and 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 see the magazines in Malaysia um, still uphold a lot of these old school or yeah, like old school be- 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 beauty norms and standards um, do you think that, that norms are changing though um, either in the editorials or on the runway?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay I, I would definitely say that it's slowly changing because I see upcoming fashion brands uh, local brands uh, they're actually using models and Real girls who are actually plus size, dark skin with different ethnicities, and I guess now designers are being open about it. But honestly, I have to say that it, it just started happening probably like a few years ago, maybe mm-hmm. three years ago. Because when I first started, um, you you know you would see you know light skin and white girls on the runway, on editorials, and I guess I don't I, honestly I don't know why, but I guess it maybe it looked good in terms of like putting that on putting clothes on them but then recently there are a lot of local brands who are open to the idea of featuring local models and there are actually two modeling agencies that i want to mention actually um it's top boy citizen and models lab KL. Mm-hmm. Uh those two agencies are promoting asian and local models and you actually see their faces a lot. If, if you're in the fashion industry and you follow these new upcoming brands, you actually see these faces everywhere. And I guess, yeah, I guess, I don't wanna keep this short and sweet because I tend to rent, but I would definitely say that it's slowly changing, but it could be better. Um, but I guess we'll have to see how it goes in a year or two, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean. I I would hope that things change faster, right? Because, you know, we live in such a multicultural, multi-ethnic society, and people look so different. And everybody's beautiful, and everybody has con- contributes something to the beauty of Malaysia's culture and society. Um, and I and I just hope that you know our editorials and our runways start reflecting that accurately. You know, and my mind directly jumps to the recent Vogue cover with Paloma El Celsier and Precious Lee. and Preciously. And I, I loved seeing those beautiful women up there because rep- representation is so important to reflect changing social norms um, and to embrace our diverse society. Um, it would be a shame if, you know, Malaysian um, fashion art scene didn't take this opportunity to really propel ourselves forward um, and start reflecting ourselves more accurately wow i just repeated myself that was lame
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay
0: so um i guess my last question sorry is um how do you navigate these beauty these changing beauty standards in your own work
1: I don't know if you saw on i mean you probably you always saw but i guess other people who are listening um i actually featured so it was when i was working in female magazine yeah. i featured uh i did a swimming swimming wear uh bikini shoot and i tried to feature this african um model in my shoot and oh, an asian girl who's actually korean she's korean and i tried to mix it all up together and she's and another model. She's actually this other model that I featured She's actually not a model at all. She's actually a poet. Oh wow! And I, yeah. So I just reached out to her and I was like, "Hey, we actually want to feature you for a bikini shoot. Would you want to do it?" And she said, "Yes." Um, so yeah, I guess I tr- I want to include a lot of inclusive people in my shoots. I tried to do that as well in my previous job, and hopefully I can do that now. Uh, with my other styling jobs but definitely um, I try to feature people of color in my work and my photo shoots I try and get to know more local models and how they started their journey and I try to support and promote local fashion brands and definitely now I see that in my work I try to focus on more local people like i want to know more yeah um yeah i want to know more about all these new up and coming artists all these models who are up and rising and support all this up and coming local fashion brands i try that's what that's what i'm trying to focus on right now so i hope i get to do that for moving forward so i guess we'll see how it goes but slowly but surely.
0: yeah you you mentioned um like a couple keywords which was local um can you share with us some of those local brands or local faces, talent that you that you would like to work with in the future?
1: Ooh, uh, I would definitely. So okay, in terms of models, I would love to work with Nia. Uh, she her Instagram name is Sleepy Llama. <laughs> and, That's so cute. And, and another local model is Natalie. She's actually a friend of mine. Her, we I've never really actually worked together, but her Instagram is Tally Probs. Just mm-hmm. um, she's, she's quite popular on Instagram now, but then, yeah. So those are the two girls that I would love to work with. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like male models, um, the guys at Top Boy Citizen, I I think you guys need to check them out. They they're pretty unique. They have a certain look. They have a certain vibe. But they're all nice people. So I would definitely love to um, explore and
0: and work with them more. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um and how about any local brands that you think is producing a lot of great um fashion and style right now?
1: Uh local fashion brands is a brand called Osa Benar,
0: and Oh I love just, them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they actually just released a plus size range. Um I think it was two weeks ago, I think. Oh cool. Yeah, a few weeks ago yeah. So that was pretty cool because, you know, it's very rare and to see that. And there's also another great brand called Auri, A U R I, mm-hmm. and they cater to plus size and their style is very very minimal and chic and very comfortable. Um I have a few friends who are in love with that brand. <laughs> um uh let's see who else. Um Oh, oh, Hanya Hania is a good brand as well. Okay. Um and <laughs> i'm trying to get back to you but i just, I just got really uh, got really excited um but yeah i think those top those are my top three local brands oh and there's also this other local brand called uh Kule.
0: oh I if, I'm not, cool i, I think, think if, i think i've heard of them
1: yeah and yeah they do vegan vegan leather shoes yeah so kind of like their style, just because you know sandals are good for Malaysian weather.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, well, thank you so much for for um, speaking with me and for sharing, you know, your very genuine and honest thoughts. Um, I I know that sometimes I may push a little bit more like uncomfortable questions um, it's okay you're t- doing
1: your job it's fine
0: <laughs> no it's just because honestly like i'm curious and like i said you know yeah. i don't really know a lot of people in the industry in KL. yeah and so i was like wait who do i know it's like amelina i have to speak to her i have to get her and like ask her all these burning questions that i have um okay. so thank you so much i really really appreciate it and i like, hope to god that the recording worked <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's i mean if it doesn't i don't mind doing it again like honestly I'm, I'm okay with it but thank you for having me um i i know i tend to rent and i tend to talk a lot but i try my very best to give you all the information that you need so thanks adila for approaching me no
0: problem um, thank
1: you I hope, yeah hope, hopefully everything went well
0: yeah and and this has been nice because like we really just made up for the what the 10 years of not talking
1: yeah honestly i haven't <laughs> seen you since high school <laughs> so this is cool this is good this is good i like so yeah and you know congratulations on take time uh looking forward to it
0: oh thank you so much yeah okay so
1: thank you thank you, thank you for having me oh wait
0: Thanks. someone wants to speak
1: who wants to
0: speak oh. okay how do i accept this i don't know <laughs> oh there hey
1: Hey, how's it going? I just want to say, girls, like, great talk today. Um, great that I sort of just made on time as well.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining,
1: you guys. Yeah, speak out a little bit today. So, yeah, I just want to congratulate you, um, Adela, and to you as well, Melina. Um, looking forward to more of these sort of talks, because yeah. uh, it's great.
0: You two should actually connect. and um, actually also has his own label. Um, he's been working on it. It's, um, he's based in London with me, so we're actually really good friends. So, thank you for supporting. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks so for tuning Anywhere in. Anywhere I can. Anywhere I can. Anytime okay you guys take care I can't wait to hear more okay thank you bye bye guys bye thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Taytime be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and follow me on Instagram at tay.time